How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss the next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Well, how about it, kid? Episode 300 of the Anik and Florian podcast. Good to have you with us Monday, May 10th, 2021. And would you believe six years ago, sitting in Los Angeles, California, in an orange studio. God love you, TJ DeSantis. Can't feel a little reluctance back then, but here we are, man. Every single goddamn week for six years. It's good to see you, kid. And whoa, you got a new studio. Is this just for episode I, 300? My goodness. I built this just for the Annika Florian podcast. Yeah, right. I, uh, it looks like you it. Know, um, no, man, you know, I'm excited, dude. It's crazy. 300 episodes. Uh, it's been fun the whole time, dude. And uh, I'm glad we've stuck with it. I'm glad you convinced me. And uh, we've been having a whole lot of fun, man, over the last six years I guess. well if you've been listening for the last six years you know that ken flo it's not that you don't take compliments well but he just doesn't like when i talk about his fight career and i reference some of these big wins singularly 
like Joe Lozon in 2008 in the main event and the Clay Guida win, we always seem to come back to just in terms of, uh, I think, the lack of choke execution right in modern day mixed martial arts, generally speaking. But now he's got a picture of him choking Clay Guida, nearly <laughs> unconscious, right behind him. So anytime I reference that fight, of course, I can just uh, I can just reference that beautiful photo behind you. Uh, so, all right, we have a lot to get to today. Safe Saud is scheduled to join us in about 15 minutes as part of this UFC fight night, Rodriguez versus Watterson recap, because he had three major players on the fight card. Uh, I'm hurting a little bit today, Ken Flo. I'm not going to lie. I've had a lot of ounces of coffee. I've had more ounces of coffee today <laughs> than any day in my life. And it's only 1030 AM Eastern. I've just been pounding it after hitting the red eye, you know, red eye back for mother's day. Can't right. wait for Father's Day, by the way. I'm just going to sleep. Can we just sleep all day on Father's Day? <laughs> so a lot to get to. Of course, it's a pay-per-view week as well. So we will get picks on UFC 262 from both Ian Parker and Joe Osborne. Uh, and hopefully a special Ray Longo minute if these uh, senior citizens can wake up in the middle of the day and, and wake up because they have naps and things like that. So a lot to get to today, but we begin with headlines and uh, not going to change the format. 300 episodes in Ken flow. I like your t-shirt and florianpodcast.com. Let's recap this Rodriguez versus Watterson fight card. And we will start with what was an outstanding main event, not the fight of the night, but really an engaging, enjoyable 25 minutes. I love watching Marina Rodriguez fight live. And of course, Watterson to your tweet uh, game as hell. What'd you think of the main event? And, and did you have it four to one as two of the three judges did? I thought it was a great fight. I really enjoyed it, actually. You know, uh, Rodriguez is is uh, definitely. I think it was, I think it was Cormier who really kind of compared her to uh, Joanna Young Jacek, and I think that's a, a really good assessment, uh, especially early on, Joanna uh, Young Jacek. But yeah, she just she puts together this these high combinations um, early on, and uh, was really stinging uh, Michelle throughout the fight, and. Um, you know, Watterson was game throughout that whole process. She did her best to to try to keep her at bay. And I think in the clinch is where also uh, Rodriguez was doing a lot of damage uh, from there just yeah. due to the height advantage and all that stuff. Uh, but, man, you know, Watterson really hung in there. I thought she won the fourth round. Yeah. But I thought, yes, the other four rounds uh, were definitely for Rodriguez. Speaking of height advantage, look at my height advantage today, the way we're framed I up. Know, you like that? <laughs> towering over you so yeah i mean certainly waterson had some moments a big fourth round uh i'm not sure if this is breaking news for people but uh marina rodriguez got to vegas at like 3 p.m pacific on thursday bro like Whoa. there's no way she could have cut to 115 pounds obviously but can we acknowledge this athlete stepping wow. into her first ufc main event showcase and getting in just before the fight you know she wasn't able to attend our fighter meeting wasn't able to do a fighter meeting with us i'm trying to prep the athlete and it was it was hard to get details i found one article that sort of acknowledged some of her preparation and some of the challenges in getting here and getting ready so i just wanted to acknowledge her on that front because if she fights in another ufc main event Despite the fact that she's in the gym all the time, she's going to have eight weeks to prepare for this opponent. Seemingly, neither right. of these women, Kenny, even though they thought this might be the fight, were actually in camp for this opponent and still were able to put on 25 minutes largely of greatness, in my humble opinion. It's amazing that they were able to do that with all those things. Um, I thought both those ladies showed not only a lot of toughness, but a lot of skill. And to be that sharp. Uh, and to go 25 minutes uh, on short notice is extremely impressive. I, I definitely noticed uh, that Rodriguez looked a little um, 
she didn't have that same kind of focus. She seemed a little bit, you know, perturbed before that fight to start, you know, uh, and, and that makes sense given that story. Yeah. And for Michelle Waterson as well, former Invicta FC Atomweight champion, as many of you know, that's 105 pounds. This was her flyweight debut as a pro, essential competing 20 pounds above what would be her optimal weight class. Certainly, I think at this point, cutting to 106 or 105 for her probably sounds uh, too ambitious, right? But yeah. again, she's a straw weight or an atom weight, and uh, just much respect to her in defeat. As far as Marina Rodriguez moving forward in the straw weight division, and certainly this propels her forward as a straw weight she had the higher ranking to begin with but she wants Joanna Yeon Jacek and it would seem to me like Yeon Jacek is coming back for special fights and title fights at this point in time mm. I've acknowledged that I thought Joanna Yeon Jacek beat Zhang Wei Li and, and could have easily regained the title that I night. agree with you um but what is your appetite for the fight between Rodriguez and Yeon Jacek in you know a, a main event because I think that's the only the only logic uh would be that that would be a five-round fight right um I think Marina has a little bit of work to do, you know, uh, before she defeats someone like Ioana Jacek. I think that Ioana does everything a little bit better um, in, in some instances. I think that perhaps uh, Marina has a better clinch game. Uh, but again, you know, perhaps we didn't see the best Marina uh, on Saturday night. So, yeah. um, but I would like to see her, and I tweeted about this, I'd like to see her sit down on her punches a little bit more. She was kind of winging arm punches as opposed to kind of sitting down and using mm. the floor to really generate that power. Right. Uh, when she starts to do that, she is going to get even more knockouts than she's been getting. Um, and yeah, I, I think maybe some footwork things, but uh, it, it might be a little early for me and not to say she won't give her a sure. great fight, but sure. if she wants to get the win over her, I think um, it would probably benefit her to get one more fight before yeah. that at least. All right, we shall see. I think rankings-wise, it's going to be hard to get another fight, right? Because uh, because it's a it's a logjam there, and we'll see what happens with Tatiana Suarez right. too, because she is going to factor prominently in this equation if and when she does come back. And it also looked as though Marina Rodriguez was playing basketball uh, the next day at the host hotel. Unless my timeline's off on that, what an absolute wow. warrior! But congratulations to to both women, and and thanks for stepping up, you know, for the betterment of the sport and the promotion. Uh, all right, co-main event: Alex Morono over Donald Cowboy Cerrone by TKO at four forty of round one. Oh, a lot to digest here. Uh, we're going to get to Morono in great detail with Safe Saud here in about eight minutes. So I guess we'll start with Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Kenny. 37 UFC appearances now. He had an extended layoff before this one. He desired a move back down to 155 pounds. The UFC wanted him to fight Diego Sanchez. That fight didn't happen. Stayed in this fight against Alex Morono. Some would suggest against his better judgment, but he was certainly favored at a two-to-one clip to win this fight. Uh, what are your thoughts on Donald Cerrone, and what did you see out of him in this loss on Saturday this, this was a tough one uh you know I think that for Donald Cerrone he has been largely the same fighter for a long time and I think that there, there's a major issue with the way that I think he enters uh into some of his exchanges um and his head is right there for the taking and I think that people are getting onto it and people are understanding that you know while Donald Cerrone is a very, very dangerous offensive fighter. Um, defensively, when he's moving back, you can really score some nice shots on him. And I think that's what people are kind of onto now. Um, and they're just getting very aggressive and starting fast, right? That's always been kind of the knock on Donald. And I think that for the most part, that's true. But I also think he hasn't filled that gap defensively. 
Uh, and I think that's where he's failing uh, as of right now. And it's being exposed repeatedly. Uh, Morono did the right thing, did the right game plan. Morono is also offensively very dangerous as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he gave Pettis a handful in his last fight. So I think um, he caught Cerrone and never let Cerrone back into the fight, man. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, and for Donald, again, this is a guy with over 50 professional fights. Would you say 36, 37 professional fights in the UFC fighting the best of the best? That's insane to me. That is yeah, crazy. Right. And it's amazing what he's accomplished at the highest levels. But that has your effect on you. Any sport like MMA, football, yeah. these sports that are going to be brutal on your body is going to be tough. And Cerrone, I think, is is kind of, you know, is feeling that for sure, right? So, Alex, yes, absolutely. Alex Morono spends a lot of his time coaching jiu-jitsu and teaching jiu-jitsu, right? Gracie Baja, the Woodlands. Yes. And that seems to be his foremost passion in a lot of respects. But he seems most comfortable in a kickboxing fight. This is where and how he likes to fight. And uh, I know he was a little bit self-critical in terms of the game plan, looking for a tight guard and straight punches, getting a little bit loopy and over the top. But, mm -hmm. hey, man, mission accomplished, right? I mean, biggest win of his career. Easily. And uh, again, that, that's the kind of name you want to have on your resume. And again, from here on out, Morono's going to get bigger fights. This was a huge win for him. Um, Cerrone, you know, to his credit, took a fight where he didn't have a whole lot to gain. Uh, yeah. and, and this has got to be a tough one. You know, if you're his manager, his coach, or of course, <laughs> Donald Cerrone himself, yeah. um, this one's going to hurt. So one thing that Alex Morono said to us in what was an extended fighter meeting last week, he said... One bonus is like two and a half years of private jujitsu classes, right? Crazy to sort of think about it in those terms and in that context. And sure. uh, if Wikipedia is correct, Alex Morono won a performance of the night bonus. And it doesn't mean he's going to skip your jujitsu private in Texas next week. But uh, <laughs> he's, it's well interesting, deserved. right? I mean, it's pretty cool when you put it in that type of context that what, what a bonus singularly can mean, mean to an athlete. Absolutely. You know, these guys, you know, like Morono, they're professional martial artists and the things yeah. that they do in between fights like teaching or, you know, whether it's doing seminars or things like that, that's how they make their money. And for him, now that becomes uh, money that he can use for investment purposes as well to bring other coaches in or bring other fighters in to go out and travel. So this, this is money that can really go a long way for him or, you know, Put it in your savings. So yeah. for him, that that's awesome. It's a huge win. Donald Cerrone did an interview with Brett Okamoto after the fight, and he said, I feel good, but if I don't perform good, maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing, but maybe need to start asking some of the difficult questions. You know I am not in the business of retiring fighters. And as nice a guy as you are, you're actually not afraid to retire fighters. Cerrone ain't going out on this, no. Right. Now, I think the question beckons, does he cut down to 56 for one more fight? Uh, or does he strategically have a welterweight matchup? Because I think he believes 55 is his best weight class, but that was going to be a decision based upon a championship aspiration to go down and try to make a run. My suggestion would be a big fight at 70, headlining spot or otherwise, um, but I'm hopeful that he gets at least one more because certainly with 23 UFC wins, he deserves it. I agree. Listen, give him one more, um, just, just so he can kind of be... Uh, the guy who is in control of his destiny a little bit and to kind of have that in, in his mind as he trains and as he prepares. And with the hope that he gets a big name or, or some more money or, or something in this process of, you know, being towards the end of his career, I think that Donald Cerrone will go down as, uh, 
one of the best fighters and one of the most exciting fighters, I think, in two weight classes, which is extremely impressive. Uh, Donald is a guy who has um, always gone out there and, you know, given it his best and delivered some action-packed fights, you know, again and again for several years, whether it's the WEC or the UFC. Um, and it's certainly a legend, and I think he deserves that praise. And, uh, you know, give him give him one more. But I do think he's at the point in his career where he suffered a lot of damage, and he's simply not the same guy he used to be. And I don't like seeing guys take more damage than is necessary. I would assume he's done well enough. He's made a lot of money in his career, uh, over the course of his career where, you know, I, I think he can go and do other things or live off the money that he's earned. I right. would assume that. Right. And um, why not, man? You know, he's yeah. got he's got one or two kids now. Go off and, and ride your ride your horse into the sunset, man. I think it's just hard because, as he acknowledged repeatedly this fight week, this is the only way for him to scratch this type of itch. As crazy and fun as it is to jump out of a plane or ride sure. ATVs, he can't simulate this activity. And by the way, he makes several hundred thousand dollars, I would assume, to show. And with two kids, that is also pretty useful. But I think it's interesting, too, a little insight into sort of fighter meetings. And I know a lot of people are talking about the fighter meetings of late, but three or four fights ago, Ken Flo, Donald shows up to the fighter meeting. He's like, you guys know everything about me. Do I really need to go through this exercise? And I was like, get out of here, dude. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'll, I'll if you did some media, I'll go get that, whatever. But this yeah. time around, just 15 minutes of gold, man. I mean, everything, every word, we're sort of, you know, waiting on his every word. And obviously, I think he's in a great place as a father, but he's very lucid and very self-aware. So mm -hmm. I just think that mentally to be so locked in and focused and to get dusted in a round, it's a two-to-one favor. I mean, he's heartbroken, man. This is a real tough one for Cowboy. Uh, well, listen, I think that's fine. And and if he, if he still wants this, if he's still self-aware change up the training, change up your yeah. style, change up something that is going to make you um, safer as a fighter in a lot of ways. And, and, and he can still be exciting, but as far as defensively and, and his footwork, it needs to improve and it, ha and it hasn't yeah. improved in a long yeah. time. If he, do if he does that and he fixes that, hell yeah, Donald Cerrone could go right back in there yeah. and, and, and get very close to getting a belt and maybe even get a belt if, if he works hard enough. So uh, right. 100%, but things need to change. Feature bout on the main card in the welterweight division, Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. And there are a lot of layers to the Jeff Neal side of things. And it's a great time to bring on the head coach of Fortis MMA. How about that timing? The great safe Saud, my dear friend, is with us. Looking handsome as usual. Hat Club is here. What's up, my friend? How you doing, guys? We're doing well, man. And I appreciate you joining us because... Obviously, this main card was loaded with a lot of your premier athletes, and I know this is sort of a, a tough day morning for you in some respects, but I want to start with the good, if we could, and Alex Morono. And uh, as he put it, I guess two and a half, three months ago, he kind of reached out to you and said, hey, if, if any of these four athletes in these two fights pull out, I want the slot. And uh, you were able to get him the slot, obviously, against Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and you guys maximized it. What were your thoughts on, on that, that co-main event as long as it lasted, man? I mean, uh, you know, I, it was kind of bittersweet for me. I think you know that Donald was yeah. a training partner of mine for a long time. And and everybody loves Cowboy, right? Like, I mean, no one wants to see Cowboy fall. And it is the reality of where things are. But Alex, he said, hey, I, you know, I want to fight one of these guys. And Alex is like a fan. So for him, right. it's part of, part of like his martial arts journey. 
And uh, like 10 people wanted to fight Donald and he was lucky enough to get the fight. And I think he did exactly what he needed to do. I mean, he stayed on the box and he stayed on hands and he didn't let Donald get his rhythm. And when Donald gets a rhythm, you know, he's, you know, look at what he did to Ally Quinta who went with Khabib for five right. rounds, you know? So right. uh, Donald is really dangerous and we knew, we knew we had to jump on him early and stay on him. And, you know, I, I saw him at the PI the day before I said, don't try to wrestle Donald. He goes, I might try, huh. it might not work. He said, but I might try. And he did, he came out and, and did that little knee tap thing that he does. Cause Donald on the, on the floor, man, on top is a real problem. Nobody knows that, you know, he's really, really talented there. So Alex really performed well and I'm super happy for him. He called his shot and he made it happen. Safe, obviously, having known Donald Cerrone so well, how difficult is that for you? I'm sure you've probably experienced that before, but how difficult is that for you to prepare one of your fighters to go against, you know, a, a friend and, and former training partner? Yeah, it was uh, it was real difficult. And the Kenny, the good part was it was such a short time period that I didn't have to think about it very much. You know, um, it was only like six days or whatever. So. Uh, you know, I really locked in with Alex and, and, uh, we got it going, but after the fight was over, you know, and he was like, he had, somebody was like celebrating. I was like, Alex, like, shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear about it. And he was like, yes, sir. And Donald kind of looked at me and, and kind of went like, he kind of whispered, like, thank you. You know, I, I just, it's just, it, it was just a real weird, weird deal. And it, it was a lot of emotions involved for me in it. And, uh, I love Donald to death. You know, I mean, we grew up together. We, I was there first day, his first day at Jackson. I was there, you know, I mean, wow. yeah. uh, we drove, we drove around together with no power steering in the truck for a year and a half. I mean, and, uh, for, for my birthday, he got me a power steering pump from the junkyard. I mean, shit like that, you know, I mean, teammates. So it, it's like, you know, and we were talking about that and laughing about it. And I want to see Donald go out on a high note. Um, I want to see him get a win and, and retire, but you know, it's, it's the fight business and Morano handled his business for sure. So we were talking about Neil Magny and Jeff Neal, or we're starting to before you came on. And uh, man, this Jeff Neal Instagram post is crazy. And certainly he led with the praise of Neil Magny, as you know, the classy Jeff Neal would do. But vomiting and diarrhea for three days, almost pulled out of the fight, perhaps against his better judgment after replenishing his body after getting sick. He had to cut from 208 down to 171, 37 pounds in a week. And yeah. hey, man, like I saw him on the scale and... You know, obviously he didn't look great. Uh, no. He has so much respect from all the commentators in the fight game. I mean, dude, we had no idea what he was dealing with. I mean, everybody can see the talent, right? I think Jeff is one of the best welterweights in the world. And and ever since the sepsis thing, like, you know, he just hasn't been himself. And he's such a quiet guy. He never complains. He's not a drama queen. So you really don't know. You know, it's like it's hard to get him to tell us what's going on because he's just – it's, you know, he's, he's a fighter, you know, he never, ever says anything, but you know, I mean, I got random people telling me I had Sean and Hunter tell me, I mean, everybody can see it. He just doesn't have the same explosiveness and the same go that he had before. And, yeah. you know, we, me and our strength coach and some of the other coaches have been studying, you know, what sepsis does and congestive heart failure. I mean, he, I mean, he was in ICU for seven days and I just think he needs a break. We're going to reset him. We're going to get him all the blood work. We're going to get him every single medical opinion uh that we can all the best doctors that we have we're gonna round around get them going dr d with wow. the ufc and uh yeah i mean the potential's there man it's not taking anything away from neil magny i thought it was you know he did what he needed to do to win i thought it was a close fight i thought jeff edged it out from the yeah. power and the damage and the 
cage control. He had him against the fence the whole time. But, you know, it's not it's, – that doesn't matter. You know, in the bigger picture, it's like, honestly, Jeff should walk through a guy like that. You know, I mean, right, he should. Right. And the old right. Jeff d- did. So, yeah. and credit to Neil and his team. I mean, they won the fight. and But it's a bigger issue with Jeff. And I think yeah. that uh, – I think that's what we're at. And we're going to take a step back and, and figure things out. I mean, with respect to our guy, Bilal Muhammad, like go watch Jeff Neal against Bilal Muhammad back in the day, folks. Go to UFC Fight Pass. The dude's an absolute animal. So he's going to Hawaii. You're going to do all the blood work. And yeah, man, just shutting it the fuck down for a few months might be what the the doctor. Yeah. So that's good to hear. And and obviously we're going to on the other side, we'll have plenty of praise for Neil Magny and the volume, all the UFC welterweight accolades for him. Um, But man, this Jeff Neal stuff is absolutely crazy for me to hear. Right. Because I'm sitting there looking at him on the scale and just like the monster seems to have left. Yeah. And and I mean, Um, it's 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 a sad thing. Right. Like everybody has this like sad attitude when it comes to it, like. You know, no one's mad at him. I mean, I, I was not even disappointed at, at all because how do you get mad at one of your kids when you know he's going through that physically? You know, you can see it. And, you know, all of us are in our 40s, right? We're all in our yes. 40s now. And, you know, your your 100% is now like 70% of what it was or, or 80%, yeah. right? Yeah. Like right. your new capacity top is just not what it was. And, and, yeah. and that's what I see in him and this kid in his prime. And his new capacity is just, it's 70 or 60 or 55% of it. And you can't compete in the top 10 uh, against the Neil Magnes and all the rest, you know, great athletes with great conditioning and not being a hundred percent. So we, you know, we're going to do our, our due diligence and get this kid back in and get him healthy. And that's my first priority um, is to make sure that he's healthy and that he's happy. And then fighting will come after that. So Diego Fajeda and Gregor Gillespie, what a fight. Obviously, it was the fight of the night. And a lot of layers to this, too, as well with the weight miss. But, man, when Gillespie was on that stool beginning of round two, right? I mean, there was nobody racing the window to bet on that guy. You know, Dominic Cruz was, I think, uh, communicating with the truck saying, dude, Gregor's about to to get finished in this round. What were your thoughts on how that all played out? Man, you know, uh, I had some people, you know, messaging me and like, Oh, you're just yelling at him and like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, give him some advice. He's one of the best black belts in the division. You think he doesn't know how to get up? What happened was Diego's weight cut ruined that fight. I mean, that, that weight cut, he took the fight on three and a half weeks. He, he thought he could make it. He was 174 when he took the fight, which is totally in striking range. He checked in at the UFC, I think at 170. He was 161 Thursday night. Everything was on lock man, he was just not sweating, you know, and, and I told him, shut it down. You know, he was shaking and I had PI there. I had Clint there. I had Heather Linden there. Modern is vitals. Like, like I take this shit seriously, man. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck about MMA or the UFC compared to my guys. I mean, these are my kids, you know, I love these fucking guys and uh, no one understands the pain and the battles that go on behind the scenes. Obviously Ken Flo does. And John, you do too, from being in the game, but there's so much shit happening before those guys step into that octagon. Right. And, and seeing him fuck up like that, I wanted to call the fight. And I even told Gregor, I said, look, it's, I don't blame Gregor. I apologize to him. I said, look, missing weight is on our team. That's it. It doesn't matter. There's no excuse. But he was like, he's like, did he even try? I said, if you want to go in the back and see how fucking tired he is, go ahead. I said, yeah. if you don't want to fight, I said, no problem. Let's just call it. And he was like, no, no, no. I still want to fight. And I said, all right, well, and, you know, the PI, everyone was there. They saw what happened. He just yeah. stopped sweating. Right. So 
going into the second round, it's like, man, he dominated him in the first round. I mean, he had him panic wrestling and shooting for the legs. And I mean, the jujitsu was, was on point. He ended on top in the mount. Yep. He was elbowing him and he was beating him in the stand up. And Diego, you know, gets stronger as the fight goes on. John, you've seen him in the second and the third round. That's oh, when yeah. he usually breaks people. But his body gave out on him. And yeah. it's it just yeah. a lesson to be learned, you know? I mean, there's no way he stopped moving like that. And I, again, I'm not upset. I'm not mad at him. I'm not disappointed. Yeah. This shit happens in this sport. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, it, it happened to him in a big spot. And then he missed out on the bonus, too, which is even worse. Yeah. No, there are a lot of tricky things as far as this particular week was concerned for him. And Gregor did tell me he appreciated that you approached him in the back there with ample time. And, and that was part of the reason he accepted the fight. Um, but May 2019, right? You guys had the Trinaldo fight go away at UFC 237. I'm not trying to put on my fucking journalist hat here, right? But that fight no. went away on weigh-in day because he was medically deemed unfit. Yeah. Anybody who 100%. knows his career knows he's driving to you seven and a half, nine hours, whatever it is, to, from far Texas to you. And I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering uh, if this gives you any forethought in terms of the weight class for Diego in the future. Well, for him, he needs to, you know, walking at 175, like that's a 55er. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with right. that. And it's not right. like he's a ripped big guy, but everybody's right. different. And he's got to figure out the water thing, you know, and. And I told him and uh, and I told Jeff, I'm not fighting either of them until they, we get the health thing straightened out. Because yeah, right. it's like watching these talented guys, you know, lose fights that I think they should have won, you know, because of their physical, uh, you know, ability or inability, I should say. It yeah. was really frustrating. And in the end of the day, you know, everyone else's lives move on, but not theirs, right? Now these guys are, are coming off losses and they've got the depression. They've got to deal with the mindset mm -hmm. of, losing and all the other shit that comes with it and, and kenny understands that i mean it's nothing is worse and than it could that affect your guys. career too i mean it's like one yeah. loss could send you in a different trajectory potentially you know i think those guys 100%. have you know so much potential and, and, and they'll get another shot but you never know in this game you know it's yep. crazy yep and so, i will say so. most elite lightweights they need eight six to eight weeks man to hit that 55 you know and yeah. even if everything goes well you know if the last day doesn't you know it's a, it's a really tricky thing uh hey before we let you go this uriah hall captaincy so if if you had told me three years ago that uriah hall would would come in a line with fortis mma and then become the captain of the goddamn team i mean it's an incredible story i know he he rises up the team he lifted up his teammate kennedy and zechiku and it seems like that was the impetus for the captaincy what do you have for me on that my friend well i mean here's the deal like everybody knows how talented uriah is right but he's never really been put in that leadership role i just feel like people kind of catered him for so long right because he was so good and Man, if you could just get together mentally and it's like, dude, your eyes 36 years old, like you're a fucking grown up, you know, and it's time to be a leader. And, you know, ever since you came to the gym, I'm like, look, man, you know, you fought the best of the best, like Robert Whitaker, Saucy, like, I mean, you've done so much, like you need to start looking at yourself from a different lens and a different perspective and start seeing yourself as a veteran and as a leader. And I think ever since that's happened, I mean, you know, he's on four or five win streak, the longest one of his career in the UFC. And. I feel like owning that leadership has helped him grow as well for himself, you know, and, and what happened was Kennedy's, you know, a gigantic guy and he usually cuts weight really well. And he was right. at two, he was at 208 pounds and he was looking at that hot box sauna. And he's like, I'm not getting back in there. He, <laughs> told me, he said, he said, coach, 
I got to listen to my inner voice. This is what he told me. I got to listen <laughs> to my inner voice. Coach, I think it's, I think it's not a move. I go, Kennedy, if you're talking to me this way, this calmly and totally like, you know, lucid, I said, you're, you've made a mental decision that you don't want to get back in the sauna. And I said, and the problem is I go, I go, this is a huge fight for you. I said, you're an underdog against this kid in city kickboxing. He's a big, he's a big prospect. Izzy was talking about him winning the title all week. And I said, you fucking miss weight and you go in there, even if you win, you know, it's not going to look good. And I said, it's going to take away all the, all the greatness. And I said, and potentially the bonus, which we saw just happen this weekend to our poor guy, right. Diego. Right. So I'm talking to him and man, you, you know, uh, Phil Jackson said, you only coach seven years because after that people stop listening and there's some truth to that right yeah, i mean like right. you got you just got to know sometimes you got to let someone else run with the ball and i could tell i was talking but i could tell he wasn't really quite listening i mean he hadn't made up his mind so i kind of stepped back and here comes uriah and he looks at me and he goes i think the time for talking is done and i said <laughs> and i looked at him and he's like kennedy you're gonna fucking get up and you're gonna get in the sauna he's like i'm gonna come pick you up right now and i'm gonna put you in the sauna and he said, uh, and this is going to happen. And Kennedy's like six, five and a half, you know? You're right. And, and he, and Raya's like approaching him. And we had another guy with us. They were like approaching him quiet, like really quietly and slowly, like walking up to him, right? To put their hands on him. I love and it. I'm just, I'm just watching this shit. I'm like, man, I hope a fight doesn't break out right here. You know? <laughs> and, I, and so I'm just thinking about how I need to position myself if all these elite guys start going at each other. <laughs> right. I'm going to have to pull out the dad hand and, uh, <laughs> and and Kennedy's just like looking at him as he's getting closer and closer and closer to him. And Uriah put his hands on him and then he picked him up, right? And Kennedy got up and then he walks him over and he sits him in the sauna and he sets it up and he sets it up. And Kennedy just kind of like went quiet. And then Uriah completely stepped up. I mean, he got down to 206.6. He made the walk downstairs. Uriah's like, all right, man. And Kennedy's like, okay. Got back in the sauna, got to 206. We drive there, you know, we're in the, in the limo riding and Kennedy looks at me and I said, man, you just went to a deep, dark place that you didn't want to go. And I said, tomorrow night, I said, when that comes again, I said, you're going to be ready. And sure as shit, he was ready. And, you know, he took Alberg out and right when we got done and he walked out, he looked at me and he looked at your ride and he said, thanks guys. He said, I, he said, I could have done it without you. So that was kind of the moment for me. And, and I think I want to see your go out on top. I think he's an amazing fighter and amazing athlete. And, and, you know, this is probably the best run that he's had. And a couple more fights. I mean, who doesn't want to see him fight Izzy? It's not about, oh, dude. You know, everybody talks all this shit like, oh, yeah, well, you're right. He's this, that. Like, shut the fuck up, man. Who doesn't want to see that guy and Izzy throw down? I and mean, that should be entertaining as hell. No doubt. So if, uh, if he can win a couple more fights, I think that's a fight people could get behind. I mean, yeah. you know, Izzy fought oh. Anderson. He fought Anderson. And there's, the style, the styles make the fights. Like I know, you know, I already know Uriah lost to Paul Costa. Like I already know all that shit. But man, people want to see great fights. I mean, that's why we're watching Nate Diaz fucking fighting Leon Edwards. He just right. lost his last fight. Like, uh, so, Israel, Israel is so dynamic, and there's very few people that can do what he does. Uriah is one of the few guys who's just as that yeah. dynamic and physically capable as he is. So, exactly. Yeah, I completely and I agree. think. One, you might be one win away, whether it's a main event win, right? You get the right name in that top yeah. three or four. You're one yeah. win away from a championship opportunity, especially given stylistically how that fight potentially could play out. All right, before I let you go, what is what's next on your calendar? Are you going away? You going away this weekend or what? Oh man, come on! You know it's, it's of course uh, you are. Wheels up. This the circus never ends, man. It's Houston this week. At least we're, we're in 
Texas, you know, we're staying home and we got Matt Schnell, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's coming off a win with Tyson M and, you know, he's been in the camp now for, I don't know, getting close to a year and just a great kid. And he's yeah. fighting, he, he's fighting a kid, a replacement. He was fighting Alex Perez, who was a, that was going to be a, a dog fight. I got nothing but respect for Alex Perez. I think the kid's a fucking stud, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Matt's ready and, and we'll be in H town. You guys coming or what? I will be there. Ken Flo's got a, got a, actually a baby boy on the way. If you follow on Twitter, oh, you know that. But yeah, so any day oh, now, man. Ken Flo is uh, going to be a family. I'm on call. Him, so. Yeah. Man, congratulations, dude. Thank so you, you. got, you, you. now you got a little mini samurai coming. So, you know, yeah. you know all, the, all the expectations that are there. Ken Flo fought for the world title. What? Two weight classes? <laughs> One I can't remember, right? Two, two different weight classes. So this I, I have to a... establish my dominance early, Safe. <laughs> I got to make sure he knows who the man of the house is just straight away. First day. You know, and then we yeah, put him yeah. to work after that, little by little. Yeah, this kid's gonna be a world champion, right? <laughs> That's right. That would be nice. Uh, head coach Fortis MMA Safe Saud. If you're watching us, you saw his social media handles there. Hey, thanks for the extended time, my friend. I know you're a busy man, and uh, look forward to shaking your hand and a big weekend, hopefully for Matt Danger Snell in Houston, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Good luck, safe. Thanks. Bye bye. There he is, the man, Safe Saud. What a guy. What a coach. The general. I mean, there's no doubt, like, if I were to really do this amateur MMA debut thing, he would be one of my first phone calls. Kemflo, no truth to the rumor that you're naming your son Jonathan, right? We're not doing that. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. You never know. Might be an anecdote. But if you are following Kenflo on Twitter, the tweet was, kid any day now, what should I name my son? So uh, <laughs> if you have suggestions for Kenflo, excuse me, I dropped my permanent maca. If you have suggestions for Ken Flo as to what he should name his baby boy, it's at Kenny Florian on Twitter. Dude, how about Gregor Gillespie, okay? How about the heart, the cardiovascular base that allowed him to put himself back in this fight? So much respect for this athlete. And those who suggest that I overplayed his, exha his exhaustion on the broadcast – He's one of my best friends on the roster, okay? And as he said in his post-fight interview, he was fucking exhausted. I've never seen him that tired in my life. Mm -hmm. He probably can't remember being that tired in a physical setting, in a, in a competitive setting that many times in his life, despite all of the wrestling matches and all the accolades. What a win for Gregor Gillespie, Ken Flo, fighting a guy who might have been 185 pounds on fight night. Well, absolutely. Listen, I've heard from other guys that have trained with Gregor that he's an absolute beast and everything he does physically as far as running and all that stuff. And I would agree with you. We'd never seen him that tired. Um, but it goes to show you, right, the importance of controlling your emotions and how much of a factor the emotional connection to what you're doing really matters, right? He was coming off, and he and he mentioned a lot of these things after the fight. He didn't have, you know, Greg Gillespie's a very confident guy. He wasn't so confident heading into this fight. I'm sure all the doubt, all the fear, all the uh, exchanges he was losing in this fight to Diego Fajeda, because Fajeda was winning almost every single exchange in that first round. He ended on bottom, was getting pounded out, had his, you know, his back was taken a couple times, um, and he was just losing that fight, okay? Not only did he continue to fight on and fight hard, he went right back into the dragon's den. He kept clinching. He kept taking him down. He's like, I know I'm losing these exchanges, but I believe in what I'm doing. This is my path to victory. And he kept doing it, and it fucking paid off. Amazing. That was unbelievable, man. Gregor Gillespie is a stud, 
And um, it, it was a it was a tremendous win, and one of those wins that will also fuel him for future wins to give him way more self belief. And um, I, I think he'll be that much more calm and that much more confident as he moves forward. Now, you nailed it as usual. And there are a lot of fighters who bail on the strategy. Alex Morono was talking about the Anthony Pettis fight. He found himself between strategy and wanting to kickbox, and no man's land killed him. It's a dangerous Gillespie, place. Felt like if he could stick to the strategy, eventually he could fatigue the other athlete and uh, a tremendous finish and a bonus. And he gets the 100K, obviously, because Diego Fajeda was not bonus eligible. And uh, again, if you saw Gillespie's post-fight interview, he wanted to know himself whether or not he could still hang with this division's elite. And even right. though there were some compromising moments, I think the answer is an acute yes. And Gregor Gillespie gets a big win. Neil Magny, 18 UFC welterweight wins. I mean, what else can you say about Neil goddamn Magny? Uh, and we will have some other notes in the Ray Longo Minute on Carlston Harris and some of the other big winners. But breaking news, folks, this important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your public service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. New trimmer just released moments ago. We were one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news and you can now join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com slash AF. So real quick, you all know how much I relied on my lawnmower 3.0. But this 4.0, man, I'm telling you, next level when it comes to the craftsmanship, the detail, the amazing ceramic blade. Of course, skin safe technology is still there, but it's so good it almost seems as if they work with like Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible or something. 4.0 version has a new multifunction on off switch switch. And what I like, I can engage a travel lock now when I'm on the road for my UFC live events. Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof, so you can take it in the shower. Uh, did I mention wireless charging? Electromagnetic induction helps your battery last longer. I mean, if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. So to get 20% off and free shipping, Go to manscaped.com slash AF now. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash AF. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time to make some picks. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And it. The time is most definitely now. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, time to make some picks. It's a pay-per-view week. UFC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler. And we are now joined by Ian Parker. And I like this. Safe Saud wore a hat. I know you always wear a hat. So I, I can always wear a hat on this program, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Until people see me without the hat, they just assume I'm bald. And then I take the hat right. off. They're like, no, you got, you got good hair. And I'm like, yeah, but it's just that. It's just my thing. I just kind of like that security of wearing a hat. We can't all just come gelled up like Kenny with a picture behind him of him choking me out in my UFC debut. So right. it's, fun. it's confidence though, not security, right? Like people ask, I wear a mustache on TV and I I'm didn't confident. wear it this weekend because Gregor Gillespie's girlfriend hates it. So out of respect <laughs> to her, I did not wear it this weekend, but okay. right. Don't you, isn't it a confidence thing though, in some respects, right? I mean, I know when you do the PFL broadcast, you, you can't wear a hat, but security, confidence, you're more confident in the hat, and, and that's why you're rocking it on the Anakin Florian podcast. It's like the alter ego. Yeah, with PFL, they make us wear like a jacket, a suit, no pants. So right. that's cool. You know, Kenny At least for stand. now. Kenny stands. It's a belt, but there's really nothing underneath that. But other exactly. than that, you know, it's uh, – Speedos always. Yeah, Speedos, suit jacket, <laughs> pocket square. Yeah. 
fantastic. I love that. So uh, 300 episodes, Ian. When did you wow. first listen to our show? Do you remember? What? The Long first time. one, obviously. I mean, I, I was there on the pilot episode. <laughs> yeah. I was. So, uh, uh, hey, so. From the Ultimate Fighter season one, no way. So, uh, so you murked Kenflo this weekend, six yeah. to what? one. I did. Our intern, Casey Williams, you can start adding yeah. Ian and Kenny to the uh, standings email. I think that might make for some interesting back and forth. Yeah, it was so six and one for me until it wasn't. Well, it's it, right. Well, so here's the thing. So, and again, anytime sort of something like this, you know, I got people telling me like, oh, you know, that Magni wasn't Dude. even the co-main event. All these team Florian people coming at me. Listen to this. All right. Fine. So the Neil Magni plus 160 by decision. Like if you've listened to the show, you know, that's a four point play if it hits. Right. And I'm not taking those points away because it wasn't the co-main event. When we did our show, it was six to one for team Anik. Do you live in Palm Beach County or are you in Broward County? Ian? Broward. Oh, because I was thinking we could change the name of this team if you keep kicking his ass like this to like the Palm Beach County Jew Club or something. But Dude, you don't live I, in I mean, Palm Beach County. On listen, the border, I'm on, I mean, we could do it anyway or just call it the Jew Club. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Neal, Jeff Neal was sick. I got screwed on that. We got Fajeda kicking ass in round one. Then all of a sudden he shits the bed in round two. I mean, come on. You know what's but, interesting, Ian, about the yeah. Jeff Neal thing? Because we just talked to Safe Saud and, you know, we did sort of ask Jeff in our fighter meeting about the sepsis and, and obviously he, he lied to us and that's fine, but it seems like safe. And those guys, like he didn't tell them what was going on either. Like he just, wow. he, it's incredible. I mean, I gotta be honest with you put all that stuff to the side. He's fought one time, a couple of years. He went what five rounds with wonder boy. And then he's getting thrown into a fight with a cardio machine like Magni. And I said to you on the show, Magni doesn't usually lose two times in a row. And the fight so against Kiesa was not your normal Neil Magni, you know, it's with Jeff Neal. I just don't think he knows who he is when he's fighting top ranked guys. And Magni saw what happened against a guy like Kiesa. So he has to go back to his style. Look, Magni can wrestle. He's got that range in cardio. And that's what I was banking on. And I was, I was right. Well, you know, I mean, Andrew Gillespie, that guy is some sort of different animal though, because fighting fat Fiet, uh, Diego Fiano, whatever his name is, that was wild. Cause I've never seen him so tired walking back to that stool right. after round one. That was it's interesting that was though, because the fire was not in Magny's eyes on fight Island against Michael Chiesa. You know, I'm right. sitting in the crowd that night as a fan and I'm looking over there and I would also submit to you. And perhaps I should have done this on broadcast, but I didn't think of it until I was back in my hotel room with, uh, with Dominic Cruz when it came up, but Neil Magny fighting Chiesa in that 30 footer fighting that 25 footer, you know, he come up on that fence pretty quickly. He loves that fence. Um, yeah. All right. We got to make some picks. Might have to push Joey Osborne back five minutes. First fight for us in the featherweight division. Very curious to see on which side you guys fall here, Ian. Edson Jr. Barboza, minus 110. Hurricane Shane Burgos, minus 110. So Barboza last year moves down to featherweight. Split decision loss to Dan Ige, a fight many people thought he won. I, I thought Ige won the fight for the record. Then a great performance against Makwan Amir Khan. He gets the new contract. He says the UFC appreciates his work and his style. So do the three of us, of course, one of my favorite fighters of all time. Uh, Ian, what do you have for us on Burgos and Barboza? Oh, this is a really tough fight. Depends on what Shane Burgos comes to do because this guy likes to brawl instead of uses wrestling. And I think that's going to be what helps Barbosa here. We, we've seen the path to victory with against Burgos. You know, throw straight, don't get into brawls, use your range. And with Barboza's kicks, I just think that he's going to slow Burgos down, although he's a cardio freak. I'm leaning Barboza. I don't love the pick right now just because of how insane Burgos really is with cardio, but we've seen him get kind of careless. And if you get careless against Barboza, not going to work out well. So I'm going to go with Edson here. 
I would expect the Sharps to be on Barboza here. I'm very curious to see where this line closes. Burgos is the man, Kenny. I mean, married to the game doesn't even begin to describe it. Only loss for him really at all of late was his last fight. Epic fight of the year candidate against Josh Emmett. That was in June. So he's had what amounts to almost a year off. Kenny, what do you think about Burgos here in this spot against Edson Jr. Barboza? Yeah, you know, I think that early on against Emmett, he did a good job of establishing his range. He was getting the better from, uh, the you know, the outside. I, I think that ultimately Emmett obviously had a, a ton of power, was landing some big shots repeatedly. I think that Edson Barbosa um, can match the height and length of Burgos here. I think he'll still be the faster guy. Um, you know, Barbosa kind of struggles a little bit with his footwork when he gets pressured uh, going backwards a little bit. But... I, I, st I think he'll be in good shape here um, against Burgos. I think if he can lead the dance a little bit more and, and kind of play more of the predator uh, than kind of just moving back, I think he'll be in a, in a better position to win that fight. Burgos yeah. is very tough. He does have some different weapons um, and is game as always. But um, I, I like Barbosa here as well. I know I'm mismanaging the clock a little bit today, but in terms of the main event challenge punishment real quick, I was thinking we could have Kemflo shave his head. But the problem with that is that reciprocally, if you said, Ian, if we lose that, I have to grow my hair and you have to shave your head. I know you'd shave your head because you're just game. But like if you told me I had to grow my hair for like three months as punishment for losing the main event challenge, I'd rather drink a bottle of chilled soy sauce. You know, there's no way that's something that somebody had to do fraternity hazing wise. My younger brother, God bless him. But, you know, like, I'm not growing my hair as punishment. I'd rather do almost anything else. Like, Well, Kenny, John, can I interject here? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, go ahead, Cody. As a fan of this program, and we're on our 300th episode here, really historic thing in MMA, <laughs> we're not really the best at, uh, you know, doing these challenges or, like, punishments. I agree. As I somebody agree. who owes the punishment. So that's well, all I want thank to Thank you. Kenny, before we get to Ian's take on this, would you shave your head if you lose or no? absolutely not yeah, <laughs> right I mean, it's I kids on television no yeah. goddamn way we would All lose right. so many fans too you know, <laughs> yeah. how many just tuned in for the hair alone i'd say 30 to 40 percent a lot ian what do you have yeah. for me on that well if kenny shaved his head it'd look really weird sitting next to randy on tv you'd have yeah. hair <laughs> it looked like two like an ass just on tv combined it'd be really weird um I can't, <laughs> sorry, I can't shave uh, my head. We, we, I already look like an ass on TV. Yeah, nah, bro, you'd yeah, be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. My nose does not play the role of a shaved head um, <laughs> at all. Have you seen this thing? I, the more I'm on this and TV, I notice. Exactly, it's my I, issue too. I mean, dude, you. this thing is like really, you would think I fought as much as Kenny the way my ears and nose look. It's terrible. Um, all right, I, I guess we'll come up. with yeah, a different. I mean, we're, we're not going to lose, so I'm not yeah. really worried. Um, so <laughs> oh, man. I really want to find something that Kenny will hate that won't like be bad. Yeah. You know, like he'll have to wear like a duck outfit every yeah. for at least like all pay-per-view events yeah. on the show or something like that. Yeah. You know, have to tweet. I love my best friend, Ian Parker, at least. We'll figure something day. out. We'll figure something you know, out. We're going to invent duck coin. Just don't make it a follow on Instagram and we'll be yeah, okay. Cause that's I not happening. Right. I don't want right. it anymore. At flyweight, Caitlin Chukagian minus one forty, Viviani Araujo plus one twenty. So Chukagian, I thought Ian looked great in November. Win over Cynthia Calvillo. Araujo's won two in a row. She beat Roxy Modafferi earlier this year. What do you have for us on this one in the women's flyweight division? Interesting fight. I think Chukagian here gets it done. I think just she presents a lot of problems with her height and her range, and I think she knows how to really use it well against a shorter opponent. And I think 
Vivian fights similar to Cynthia, although a little bit of a better striker. I don't. I think she's gonna have issues getting in tight. So I'm gonna go with Chukagian here. Cancel Chukagian Araujo. Who do you have? Yeah, listen. I think for Araujo, she would have the advantage if she's able to take her down and get on top. Um, I think that's where she can win this fight. I just don't think she's gonna be able to do it. I think that, um, like Ian said, I think the range is gonna be a problem. Especially, you know, if Chukagian's at the top of her game. If it's Chukagian that is out there, sharp, moving, uh, you know, preventing the takedown, scoring some takedowns maybe late in the rounds, uh, I think Chukagian's going to win this fight. And um, I have to agree with Ian. All right. Ken Flo is going to lead us on the co-main event and the main event today because I'm a total dick. But I'm giving you time because we still have a featured bout here that Ian's going to lead on. So there's your warning that you're leading us on Benny Daryush Ferguson and uh, and Chandler Oliveira. But at middleweight, Ian, what do you have for us on Jack Hermanson minus 160 versus Edmund Shabazian plus 140? Very, very uh, hard fight to cap here. You know, we don't know which Edmund Shabazian we're going to get after that last loss. He's been out for a while. You know, and, you know, obviously we saw him controlled by Derek against the cage. Jack might present a lot of problems. You know, if Jack's smart, he bull rushes him, puts him against the cage and brings him down real quick. I'm hoping Shabazian is working on that, but I just can't rely on that knockout power getting done so quick. Jack's experience, he's fought the best of the best. You know, when you get your first loss, it's so hard to judge how these young guys come back so quickly. So I have to think that the fight IQ of Hermanson gets it done. I think Kenny might be licking his chops here at a value plan, Shabazzian striking. So maybe, but again, too, is in Kenny's blood. I'm going to go with Jack here. Ian referenced that Shabazzian loss, his first pro loss at a main event against Derek Brunson. That was back on August 1st of last year. <laughs> Kenny, Hermanson off a main event loss, but literally as spirited a performance in defeat in my mind against Marvin Vittoria as I've seen in a long time. Like, I would just tell you, I'm calling the fight, but like, there's no way I would walk to a window and bet against Jack Hermanson after that display of heart and desire. Like, he just wants it so badly. You all know how I feel about Ed- Edmund Shabazian. I anointed him on the Adesanya level and eight crow and all that. I'm just saying, Jack Hermanson, so desirous of MMA and, and UFC glory that I just wouldn't be fading the guy. What do you have for us on this one at 85, kid? I tell you what, I would agree with a lot of that. A lot of what both of you guys said. Hermanson... Um... I think is as tough as they come. I think where he falls short and why I, I don't see him uh, perhaps, you know, getting belt in the UFC, right, which is difficult for anyone, uh, no matter what. I think his athleticism just falls short from some of the elite guys. And and I certainly think it does so here against Shabazzian. And what I mean about by athleticism, just to be clear, is just the way that he moves his body. He's a little robotic with his striking. He's a little stiff. Um, you know, it hasn't quite picked up the striking. It's gotten better, but he's not going to be at the level of a Shabazian, right? He's not, he'll never be an Adesanya from what I can tell. Uh, but he's tough as nails. He makes up for it with heart. He makes up for it for conditioning. Uh, you know, he'll keep moving forward. Um, but I think that this, like probably the first seven, is it eight minutes is going to be most dangerous for him. That's where yeah. Shabazian can really take advantage. I'll, I'm going to take that bet. I'm actually going to go with Shabazzian here. Um, but a, as you guys said, I mean, not a whole lot of people go out there and finish Hermanson. Hermanson has a chin from hell. Yeah. But I'm going to take that gamble because I need some motherfucking points. Well, and I hear you in terms of the plus athlete and the athleticism and the way these athletes move their body. It's always fascinating for me to see a UFC fighter shoot a basketball, right? Don't watch right. Cito Gone on the goddamn basketball court. Fucking eat your ass. 
That didn't sound great. Sorry for you, children. That is the it's so, John. It I don't so want any. I don't want any part of that game, John. That sounds like a weird game. That but, I you know, seeing some of these of. athletes like like on a golf on a golf course. You know what I mean? Like that's is, intel. John, that is the, <laughs> the, the way he swings his club. The ultimate test of any athlete, you see them shoot a basketball. So if there's a hockey player that can do a layup and not look like he's a three-year-old, he's an athlete. Some of these guys. Exactly. I mean, if you go watch some of these pickup basketball games that are floating around the internet from Fight Island or whatever they were doing, some of these guys look like they're literally right-handers playing lefty. It's hilarious. It's true, though. It's a great test. Playing golf with Danny Cormier out driving the kid by 150 yards. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yes. All right, co-main event, Benil Dariush, minus 145. Tony Ferguson, plus 125. Kenny, we'll need the round, the method of victory, all that stuff. So Dariush uh, beat Diego Fajeda. That was a fight of the night back in early February of this year. Ferguson has lost two in a row since his historic 12-fight UFC lightweight winning streak. Who do you have in the co-main event, Ken Flo, and how do they get it done? Jeez, um, this is an interesting one. I, I think. To a certain extent, both guys are very similar on the feet. Um, Dariush is kind of believing in his chin almost too much in some ways. Uh, he is taking some big shots. That concerns me here against a guy like Tony Ferguson who will throw anything and everything at you. So he's got to be careful there. Ferguson is so tough. But I do think Benil is also smart in some ways that he's going to see what that blueprint was for Char- Charles Oliveira. And he's going to go, you know what? I see a, vulnerab- uh, a vulnerability on the ground. Daryush has vastly improved his takedowns, his wrestling. I think he's going to go that route. He's going to trade when he needs to. He's going to pressure Tony Ferguson. He's going to back him up. He's going to take him down. And he's going to try to do the exact same thing that Charles Oliveira did. Now, can he do that? Yes, I believe he can. Benil Daryush is a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's very good, particularly when he's on the, in that top position. I think he'll be able to... Uh, do that and either get a TKO or a submission. You need a round and you need a finish, right? I do. Uh, you need a yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's go round two, TKO. Round two TKO for Benil Darius is the pick for Ken Flo. Ian, talk to me. Yeah, I um, I don't respectfully disagree with with Kenny on this one. I'm gonna go Tony. Well, number one, I'm gonna say I this. love it. I'm going to say this, Tony, Tony doesn't get finished very easily. And, you know, with Benil, one thing to agree with Kenny is that he's getting very, very trusting in his hands and his chin. Not that I'm thinking Tony's going in there and knocking him out. I just have a hard time seeing Tony losing three in a row, getting dominated three times in a row. I mean, let's be real here. Benil Darius may be a high-level black belt. He's no Charles Oliveira on the ground. You know, at least that I've seen, uh, even on top. What has Charles Oliveira won in jiu-jitsu? Just uh, uh, curious. I'm talking about MMA. I'm not talking about anything else okay. outside of that. I gotcha. think there's. I, but well, you can't say you can't say Benil, Benil Daryush is not a Charles Oliveira, though. In, in my opinion, I mean in, in, he hasn't he hasn't done he hasn't submitted him as much. He hasn't doesn't have as many submissions as say Charles Oliveira. But uh, I think Daryush is is a certainly a high level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. There's um, no question for, for his division for sure. Yeah, oh no, look, there's no question he's a high level black belt. I'm just speaking specifically in their MMA careers, their styles. You know, Benil has not used his jujitsu as much. He's tried to be a striker first, wrestler second, jujitsu third, as opposed to Oliveira, who's been now using his range to set up his jujitsu. You know, do I think that if you went outside of the realm of MMA, would they both? You know, you want to talk straight jujitsu? 
very similar levels. I agree with you there. But strictly in their UFC careers, I just think Oliveira has been more dominant in his jiu-jitsu game than Darius just because of the style. You know, do I, think that, do, do I think that, you know, and when you, when you want to talk striking, I think Darius has the better striking than Oliveira, carries the power better than Oliveira, and he's way more unpredictable. I'm hoping, maybe this is more of a hope than a thing. I, I love Benil Darius. I think he's a very bright prospect. I think we're past that point, but he hasn't fought anyone at this level yet. And I just think Tony has to go in there and I think he has to get on top. I think he has to turn this into a technical striking match. And I'm taking a shot here. I'm not overly confident, but Tony Ferguson, these dog odds against a guy like Darius, I'm going to go Tony here. But Kenny, I, I, I think you might be right with the pick. <laughs> uh, Tony Ferguson by decision. Sorry. All right, main event for the vacant UFC lightweight title. Charles Oliveira, the minus 130 betting favorite right now. Michael Chandler is plus 110. Kenny will need the round and the method of victory. Would it not be something if the Houston, Texas-based Brazilian, Charles Oliveira, after making his UFC debut in 2010 at 21 years of age, right? Most decorated submission artist in UFC history, at least as far as the record books are concerned. What a story it would be, Kenny, if he could break through in his American now hometown and become the undisputed UFC lightweight champion. When I think about the, the body of work and all the early fights of his that you and I worked and the adversity and the injury and the Max Holloway main event and the different weight classes. I know there's a Chandler side of this, but if Charles Oliveira can add an undisputed UFC lightweight championship to his legacy, UFC Hall of Famer for me. What are your thoughts on on what's in front of the Brazilian Charles Tudor Bronx Oliveira this weekend, Kenny, and, and ultimately who wins the fight? Listen, I, I think it's amazing what Charles Oliveira has done. You look at who he was to who he is now, it's completely different. Everything has gotten better um, from his striking to wrestling to his jiu-jitsu. Everything is much, much sharper. And I think he understands that, which is maybe the most important ingredient in all of that. He 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 believes in his style and he believes in what he's trying to do out there uh, when he goes out to fight. And I think that all of that experience that he has had in the UFC and, you know, people are knocking his record and he hasn't beaten this guy, he hasn't beaten that, but he's been learning throughout that process and he's getting W's throughout that process for the most part. Uh, and I think that really counts for something. And um, I do think he's facing a tough stylistic matchup, the matchup though, in, in Michael Chandler. I think that Chandler has the wrestling skills to prevent the takedowns from it even going down to the ground. Uh, and I think that, you know, if we were to judge both guys on speed and power, I think that we would agree that Chandler is, is probably the faster and more powerful guy. Now, can he go out there and do that against a, an Oliveira who has some nice long-range weapons? I think he can. Um, I, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time um, to get into that range. But uh, I think he can do enough to perhaps frustrate Oliveira, to get on the inside, to back up Oliveira, to take away those kicks, and uh, to kind of have a similar game game plan to what he did here uh, against Dan Hangman Hooker. So I think that I, I like Chandler here. I, I think Chandler gets. Uh, let's go with a. Let's go with the fourth round TKO, Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, fourth round TKO. Our executive producer, Cody Merrow, is a huge Chandler fan. And Cody will be celebrating his 28th birthday in my seat in the building in Houston, Texas at UFC 262. I've never even met the kid, so he probably is enjoying that prediction there. Ian, poll results, Anna Florian pod. About 3,000 votes, 54% for Michael Chandler at plus 110. Ken Flo falls on that side as well. 
What do you think about the main event? I'm going to piggyback with Kenny here. So the one thing that we have seen with Oliveira in any of his losses, you take the fight to him, he kind of folds and quits. Um, he doesn't like body shots. He, as much as he is good at being on bottom, when there's a guy on top who can just get that, just go into even half go, a side mount, even a little bit, get that leg out of full guard in Oliveira, he gets punched a lot on the bottom. You know, he almost accepts too much damage in order to get the submissions. And Chandler is just such a powerhouse. You know, I think, to Kenny's point, this was the one person that I would have not, if I was Oliveira, not wanted to fight in this position. Talk about a guy who's short and stocky. Oliveira is not getting a double leg takedown or a single leg on him. If he gets into the ground or on top, it's going to be somehow against the cage where he's going to get on, on Chandler's back. That's the only way I see that happening in the first round before they get slippery. Chandler is just going to bring too much pressure, too much aggressiveness, the body shots. You know, he's going to be able to get in tight. If Oliveira can work that clinch game, the issue you'll find there is I think Chandler is savvy enough in the wrestling game to get a lift and slam him in that situation, which again, Oliveira does not like to be slammed either. I like Chandler here. I don't think it gets to round four if Chandler does win. I'm going to even go out and limb and say if he gets it done, he gets it done in round one or two. Oh, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take a stab at this. I'm going to say round one TKO for Michael Chandler. He's going to come out the gate hot, confidence building, and that power and that division. Uh, outside of Justin Gaethje, I don't know who else really carries it with that one punch. So I'm going to go Chandler by TKO round one. All right. Both our guys like Michael Chandler to become the undisputed UFC lightweight champion on social media. You can find Ian at Ian Parker MMA. My man, good to uh, hear your voice and see your face. We will Thanks, talk man. to you next you week. Too. You got Thank it, guys. You, Thanks, Ian. All right. There he is, Ian Parker, with us for the main event challenge. And we do have more handicapping to come on UFC 262 in the form of the pick to click odd shark, your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content and detailed matchup picks with expert in-depth analysis for each game. Their free statistics, numbers and trends will help you make the sharp picks on game day. Head over to odd shark and start playing like a shark today. That's oddshark.com. Don't forget the second S let's get to the pick to click. Time now for the pick to click. The pick to click. All I have to do is bet on the winner, and I'll never lose. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, now with us from Team Odd Shark. I was on one. I was on Team Odd Shark actually at one point in time in the Las Vegas Super Contest. Hopefully, at some point in the distant future, we're on Team Odd Shark again. But uh, he is sports betting analyst Joe Osborne, and. Uh, I just like this dude's energy, man. I'm not going to lie, especially during a pay-per-view week. Joe, before we get to your main event selection, sure. this main card opener, I expect to draw a lot of action and two-way yeah. action, potentially. Fascinating featherweight matchup. Edson Barboza, Shane Burgos. Pick em fight, essentially, right now. And as I understand it, you are going to have a ticket on this fight, yes? Yeah, this is my favorite bet on the whole card, and uh, it is on Edson Barbosa. He is a underdog at a lot of books, a small one, plus 105 at some spots, and I, I think the wrong man is favored here. I like Barbosa quite a bit. I think he's looked great at featherweight so far. Uh, I do think uh, he, he he got screwed in the Danny Gay fight a little bit. You know, yeah. of course, I bet on him, so I got screwed as <laughs> well. But he was on the wrong wrong end of a split decision. But either way, you know, he comes out and he follows that up with the W. So I do think he's looked fantastic at this weight class. Then we look at Shane Burgos. He's coming off a very violent loss, isn't he? The thud on some of those punches that he took against uh, Josh Emmett. 
you know, it, it wasn't very pretty. You know, he, he had some bright spots in that fight as well, but he came off in that fight as maybe a little defensively challenged. Now he's going into this fight and he's expected to rebound against what very well could be the best striker that he will face up until this point right, of his sure. career. So I like Barbosa quite a bit there, plus 105. I think that's an incredible spot. And I am a big fan, I guess as big a fan as any Bostonian can be of a New Yorker, right? So I'm a big mm-hmm. Shane Burgos fan, but when I do my predictive measures for the lines, I had Barboza minus 160 and Burgos plus 140. So certainly I, I was a bit surprised to see. Uh, I mean, Kenny, in terms of the experience, I just, I don't know. I just like feel like that maybe hasn't necessarily been factored in. But uh, For sure. We'll see. Uh, all right, so Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler, Joe. Minus 130 I saw on Charles Oliveira, plus uh-huh. 110 on Michael Chandler, but you might have a different number. Both of our guys, Ken Flo and Ian Parker, do like Michael Chandler in the role of road underdog here uh, with Oliveira being the Houston-based guy. What do you think about the main event, and, and, and where does your action fall? Yeah, I like the way this line's moving. You know, Oliveira opened at around minus 160, down to around minus 125. So sadly, I got to disagree with the fellas, and I think disagree with the poll as well. I think the poll was on uh, Chandler's side there. So I like Oliveira quite a bit. So prior to the uh, Ferguson fight, I came on, I picked Oliveira as an underdog, and I said at this point of his career, I think he is at the perfect intersection of experience and ability. And he comes out and he made me look pretty damn good in that fight, didn't he? Like, let's not sugarcoat it. He absolutely dominated Tony Ferguson. And I don't have to come on and read off his resume. I will a little bit, though. And one thing that I find funny about Oliveira is he has almost as many fights in the UFC as he does years on this planet, right? So he's truly a guy that is putting it all together right now. Um, you know, he did make a lot of mistakes early in his career and some ugly losses, and he's absolutely learning from those. So I do think he is the more well-rounded fighter, and I do think he does have more paths to victory. As for Chandler, not a whole lot of negatives, really. You know, uh, you look at that debut versus Dan Hooker. I don't think Hooker looked especially sharp, but that's not Chandler's fault. He took full advantage of that, right? So not a whole lot of negatives there. I I think the odds are right on this one. It should be a close fight. I do like Oliveira. One thing that I really do want to point out here for a couple different reasons, and it's the importance of Oliveira getting out of that first round because we take a look at Chandler, 17 finishes in his career. 13 of those occurred in the first round of the fight. So I very much think like we have these fighters like the Francis Ngannou's, the Conor McGregor's, and when people are breaking down the fights, the opinion is, well, if you can get out of the first round with that guy, your chances of winning that fight are going to improve dramatically. I absolutely think you have to put Chandler in that same category as those guys. So it's going to be very important for Oliver to survive the first round. And I do have a hard time also seeing this one going to decision, right? Both of these guys are finishers. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I haven't seen odds out for a prop yet. Oliver by submission, maybe. I wouldn't be shocked to see it. Yeah. But uh, I'm just going to play it safe and take him as uh, the minus 125 favorite in this one. Yeah. And uh, it should be should be a great fight. I'm pretty yeah. pumped for it. I think we get a finish. And as you alluded to, that price on Oliveira apparently continues to get better. So my twin brother basically rides everything that you're throwing out there. And he's not paying for your selection. So if somebody – I know we got at JTFOZ on Twitter, at Paper Chaser yeah. Joe on Instagram. If somebody wants to get your free selections on a day-to-day basis, uh, how do they go about doing that? 
Uh, everything's on Twitter, man, whether right. it's a link to the YouTube show or sometimes okay. like uh, on, on, I work Monday through Friday, right? So just on weekends, I'll just post uh, a couple of my picks throughout the day. Uh, right now, it's every day, Major League Baseball. That's my main sport. NBA playoffs coming right up. Of course, UFC stuff. Uh, I dabble in NASCAR from time to time during the, during the pandemic when the only things going on was UFC and NASCAR. I was betting yeah. on NASCAR every weekend. I, and I actually grew a, a bit of an appreciation for the sport. So, uh, yeah, find me. All my work is on Twitter, uh, JTFOZ, whether it be just uh, easy picks or uh, a link to a YouTube video or over to my Instagram even. I love it, my man. Hey, I bet NASCAR, but I don't watch it until the final several laps, you know? Well, that's it, right? Like, you, you track it on your phone, and then yeah. you go and uh, you'll watch, like, the final stage of the race or whatever. And NASCAR is kind of like golf, right? People aren't tuning in here for NASCAR betting advice. But, you know, and <laughs> golf, you know, mo most people think you just pick the outright winner. If you're going to bet NASCAR, bet top fives, top tens, you know, head-to-head, -head, stuff like that. And you have uh, give yourself a little bit more skin in the game if you're looking for some NASCAR advice there. <laughs> Ken Flo is probably betting F1 all day. Oh, Just of course. his mouth shut over there. All right, Joe Osborne, great to talk to you, buddy. Enjoy UFC 262, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, my man. Great, guys. Thanks again for having me. Good luck to you, and good luck to all the listeners out there. Thank you, my man. There Thanks, he Joe. is, Joe Osborne at JTFOZ. On DraftKings Sportsbook right now, largest underdog at UFC 262, Gina Mazzani. So a lot of these lines are very close, and that is a nod to the executives, Dana White and the matchmakers, that UFC 262 appears to be well-matched. So the star of the show is Ray Longo, and we have buried him at the bottom of our 300th episode. Uh, there is a reason for doing that, but... We're not going to make uh, him wait anymore. Let's let's get to it. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. There he is. Three minutes. Raymond. How we doing? Peter oh, Longo. Shit. How Ray are you? Jim, good. Are you offended by the Red Sox hat? Definitely not. All right, <laughs> well, we're uh, we're, you we're speeding, so uh, don't Call say say anything outrageous. It's nice to see you. What do you think about this twelve thirty p.m. Eastern call time today? We've been asking for you a little bit earlier. Uh, you like doing it a little bit later? Or what? This was good. It's just I have to do it at the gym because I start teaching at like one. So, but now my one canceled, so I'm good for whatever you guys want. Okay, hey. well, I'm glad your 1 p.m. canceled. And by the way, Ken Flo's got a new studio. You see that picture of him choking out Clay Guida behind him? Ah, I love it. Love it. So you're telling me that, oh, look what yeah, the cat no, dragged in on. today. Hey. Wait, guys. What's going on, guys? Did he clip his toenails? <laughs> Could you hear me or no? Loud we can hear clear. you. We could hear I, you even if you I, didn't have a mic. I wanna, I wanna thank my buddy Ray Long. I'm not on Twitter, but he sent me last night. I don't know when the fuck. He, to him, it's probably like mid afternoon. I think I probably got it like two thirty in the morning. A picture from Twitter of my fucking toenails. <laughs> and let me tell you something. They were fucking long and disgusting. So this morning, when Longo was sleeping around like. 8 a.m. I was in my steam shower at Sarah Beach. I said, wake up, Longo. Oh, my God. This, 
And this ain't gonna be a fucking commercial for your fucking school. Can he get you a can he get you a jujitsu school in this? I cut my toenail this morning. And left them in the steam shower, I'm sure. It's, so my, I do it's my fucking steam shower. I do whatever the fuck I want. Yes, exactly. names on the building. Names hey, on the building. Put them in an envelope and send them to Ray. That's yeah. the disgusting shit that goes down in that steam shower. But anyway, guys, the 300, 300 show, we made it. How about that? How about that? Well, you guys can probably... I want to know whose idea this was. Seriously, you're fired, whoever it was. All right, we'll tell you after the fact. Hey, Maddie. That your beard looks good. I haven't seen your beard that long. Is it a little I, auburn in that beard? Is uh, am I like Paul Felder? No, but <laughs> how am I looking? I feel like I'm shiny right now. It look no, I look, but the beard. I I don't know that I've ever yeah, seen you with that so, much I face. Think it's the lighting. Well, listen. The thing is this. I I don't have anything to work with up top. I I right. that angle right there. The downward angle is not bad. But hey, listen. Speaking of speaking of fucking melons, Longo, I don't know who talked to you. Was it, was it Velma? Was it your wife? Your kids? You're looking so much better, buddy. You got rid of that fucking mop. You were looking like dude. You walk in the door. He's got his hand down to his shoulders, a toothpick in his mouth with a banjo, like a fucking goofball mm. Willie Nelson. Danny, Danny, I thought he was losing his fucking mind. Oh. I'm Sorry, he's right there. What? Oh, <laughs> right. Your minute. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maddie. So, and you, are, uh, and you guys are liking this. This is well, what you, this is what you want. Uh, so, Matt so has a very busy schedule, right? Uh, he's at the oh, gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he had he needed a nap. He needs a nap. So we allowed him to have his daily nap so he'd be fired on all cylinders, oh, which he obviously is. No, he, he did his five hour energy and I my wife was the ganja. That's how I added my Avengers yeah. mug. There he is. Oh, <laughs> What's the matter? I live Longo, I live this shit. Oh, I'm happy to cut your hair though, bro. So I know you both are up against the clock a little bit with all your privates and your oh, teaching and everything Why? else. Get rid of me, bro. I got, I got some. I'm not trying to get rid of you. I'm not trying to get rid of you at all. I think I have 23 minutes with you. John, you can't disguise it with him. You just got to throw him off. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> trying hey, to be oh diplomatic. Hey, Matt. We know you got a busy schedule, Matt, so we'll talk to you later. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sleeping this shit, Longo. It might be your minute, but what do we so, got? So, Matt, you and I had the chance to spend a lot of time together on Fight Island at airports. Like, Dude, that W Hotel and Yaz Island is such an intoxicating place. Like, are you having withdrawals like I am? Like, I'm, I, I'm trying to get back to Fight Island right now. Am I, am I alone in that? All I know is, I love this buffer, but every time I'm at that airport with him lately, I'm trying to avoid him. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna hear about ten more people that died of Corona. I go, ah, fuck, up, bro. I normally, I normally love to see him, but I see him coming over with the fucking mail. Oh, fuck. You hear about Zito? I don't want to hear that. I go, listen. I go, Longo fucking survived it. Okay? <laughs> I go, Longo survived it, Bruce. Let me yeah. see your ribs. I go, so Bruce, is Bruce, see your ribs. It, it, never mind. Is Bruce, is Bruce I, scared of the, uh, of the corona still or what? Oh, Bruce? I, uh, yeah. Uh, 
Johnny sees them more than I do. I don't. I don't yeah. see. Them. Well, uh, he's very diligent about the masks, and uh, I gotcha. think anybody who has lost respect for the like, I've lost a little respect for the virus, right? Meaning that I've let my guard down a little bit. He has not. So, uh, right. you know, well, but he, he still gives the pound. He still gives the pound in the octagon and stuff, though. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah, but but he still, he still, he still goes to the show. So it means he is. If he's that guy, he's powering through that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because I know guys that never came out of the house and now they're vaccinated. They want to come back to the gym and they're, they're actually asking me if I'm vaccinated. Like I go, well, isn't that a little crazy though? Like it's just, they're taking it to another level, man. It really is. Uh, I think that's crazy. You got to respect it. And I think Bruce did yeah. respect it because he was going to the show. Oh, yeah. That's that's crazy right there. Just going to the airport. So that'd be horrifying if he, if he's that guy, you know, yeah, he well, Bruce Buffer's chat respects it. Here's the thing, and I don't I don't want to talk about COVID-19, but I will say, like, my younger brother is high risk because he had open heart surgery right. uh, not all that long ago. And so there was a little, I think, post-traumatic stuff going on there. But, like, he's now vaccinated, and yesterday I saw on Mother's Day he hugged my mom for the first time in a year, you know, and without a mask on, you know, and that was nice to see. Uh, anyway, yeah. Maddie, so I got to ask, man, when you're, when you're watching that Chris Weidman thing play out, I mean. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, like. I mean, I, I missed a promo cue. Like I fucked up on the broadcast thereafter. Right. And I'm not nearly as close to this individual as you guys are, but I couldn't get my shit together. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it was, dude, it was, you know, it, it, listen, it's hard to watch if it's anybody, but it's worse if it's somebody you actually know and care about and you know, his parents and his kids. And it's like, Oh my, you don't want to see that happen to anybody. You know what I mean? So for that yeah. to happen to a friend is just uh, just the only thing that makes me feel like better, like not, I mean, is that he's he's been through the absolute worst. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm not saying yep. he's yeah. got an easy path whatsoever. I know he's got a lot of a, a long road ahead, and you know you don't wish this on your worst enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you know, you know the absolute worst is absolute is, is over. You know? No, you're right. That's a good way to look at it. And he's out <laughs> the other side of the surgery. Ray, yeah. when did you first meet Matt? Uh, man, I, I mean, I first met him at my school, but I really first met him at jujitsu in the city at Oishi do Dojo, but he had, he had taken a buddy of his in who, uh, you know, was having some trouble. And I always tell this story. I think it speaks to volumes of the type of guy Matt was. He was probably 17 or 18, I think, right? 18 years yeah. old. He brought his friend in. He was having trouble with drugs and, uh, you know, he wanted to get him into a school. He thought martial arts would be great for him. So he came down to the school. Like that I distinctly remember. I remember talking to him because I had started jujitsu already. And I think he was just doing seminars. Right? Was that hey, it? Get this. Longo. We, we Longo. talked about he I think he thought I was bullshitting about the jujitsu because Kukak was already in Manhattan, I believe. Is that correct or no? Kukak wasn't there yet. No, no, no. When you had Chiodo in the school. He was he was gonna be there soon, or he was there. I don't know. No, no, not yeah. when I was seventeen. No, he wasn't there when I was seventeen. That was well, later you on. Were, I, yeah. I met you down there, but right. Longo. A little fun fact: when I met Longo down at that place, uh, at his Jukundo place, the, the kickboxing gym, he had his arm in a sling from a sparring uh, incident. <laughs> Where? Let me tell you this: he in the sparring, the arm got dislocated. He went through the sparring. He didn't stop the sparring. Can I just say that, Kenny? Longo, you know I hate to give you compliments, but <laughs> right or wrong. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's right a true wrong. story. I love it. And a broken nose that I reset myself. 
<laughs> See, you're as hard as Marab. It wasn't a good day. Oh yeah, no, nobody even knew. I walked out of that. Play, I walked out of that boxing gym without. Nobody even knew anything was wrong with me. I went right to the hospital. <laughs> I, I had the guys drive me right to the hospital. And there was a there was a guy in the. Uh, he was the parking guy, but he said he was in med school or something. He looked at me. Go, you got to get to a hospital quick. And then, <laughs> how old were you back then, Ray? I was at that point thirty six. 35 oh, and right Matt, now. And Matt, yeah. how old were you? Oh, he was, was 17. how old were you, Matt? Yeah, 18, 19. Wow. No, listen, Kenny, you know what's I funny? Was, so I, I tell I everybody, don't, don't, tell, don't say anything to my wife, to anybody, right? So I'm in the emergency room. Here comes my mother walking through the door. I want to kill someone. When are you going to stop and grow up? You know, I'm like 36 <laughs> with my arm. We don't even know what's out of the side. I don't even know what's wrong yet. I just can't move. My arms, it's been out for like four hours. Oh. And I was like, who the fuck told? I mean, like, are you, and this guy, Mario, I wanted to kill him. I go, he told everybody. One by one, they started walking into the emergency room. It was crazy, but uh, it was fun, fun times. Matt, are you there, kid? Oh, I think he's frozen. Oh, yeah, he looks shit. stoned in that shot oh, right that, there. That so, Ray, movie. what I was going to ask him, scary. I. I have a few somewhat serious questions, but Sergio Pettis broke through and won a championship Un over the weekend, unreal. right? Now, yep. his teammate, uh, Raytheon Stotts, I believe, is also in that promotion and division, if I'm not mistaken, and said he yep. would only fight him for the title. I'm curious for the two of you guys, if Marab and Aljo were the best two guys in the world, maybe they wouldn't fight each other, right? But would you let them fight, Ray? Would you let those two guys fight for the and UFC's undisputed yeah, Bantamweight title if they wanted to fight each other? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't be behind. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be behind that at all. Oh yeah. Sorry. He's back. I think. No, Cody's going to try to clean him up. I think. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of that now because Marab's at a point where he wins one or two, man. He's right where he wants to be. So I'm going to say Marab definitely wouldn't do that, but I, I don't know. I'm not behind that shit at all. I never was. Oh, geez. Now they're, now they're freezing. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I can't, I can't Cusses only. Can we get out? Can we block that out? And I, I can't even talk right. He guy now he's got his mouth open. He's just I mean, staring at me. Incredible. He's oh. sabotaging our podcast. <laughs> and his will be nice and clean at the top of the fucking. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, get him out of here, Cody. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, uh, yeah, Ray. Uh, so I got to own this. This was my idea. Went a little yeah. sideways. Oh, my God. idea. Have you learned anything yet from me? Have you learned anything? <laughs> so, I mean, when Kenny Florian got married, Kurt Pellegrino, and sorry I'm doing this, was a replacement groomsman, okay? There was a travel issue, okay? I was hoping to get the call, but Kurt Pellegrino got the goddamn call as the replacement groomsman, okay? I'm not saying that Matt Sarah is the replacement groomsman today, but Forrest <laughs> Griffin was scheduled to join us today and had to push it off a week. So, uh, so Maddie was a little bit of a pivot. No, I'm just right. Maddie. Are we back? You're back. Hey, you missed it. We we complimented you for ten minutes. I hope you could hear it. I didn't hear shit, Maddie. I guess I'm just curious. Like, if you had two guys, even if it wasn't Marab and Aljo, and they were the two best in the world, right? How I'm not saying you wouldn't corner anybody. I mean, you wouldn't corner anybody. This, but, but like, how do you handle that? Because Marab is not that far off, and I think the ceiling is championship for him. Like, how do you handle it if they come to you and say we're going to fight since we're one and two right now? <laughs> ah, fuck. 
in that in, <laughs> in that kind of Kenny is so funny. Uh, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't care. He disowned Al Joe. He's, he's, <laughs> oh, oh, I disowned Al. Oh, Al. Really joke, I'm joking. I love it. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get out. I heard, I heard Nick Stick wants to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking. Oh man, I'm fucking around. Oh. But, uh, anyway. Uh, listen, I know so about that question. I don't, I listen, man. I can't see those guys. I can't see more. How about this? I, I can never see those guys fighting this so right. close. They're dude. so close. All right. Let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Let me ask you this. I asked yeah. Ray this. I think Marab's going to have a hard time getting fights because, uh, he's, a, he's just such a pain in the ass matchup. What a great connection, huh? Oh, man. I mean, I have less serious questions for him. Like, when was the last time you ate non-gluten-free pizza? Man, guys, uh, I really like you. Hear me? Yes, we hear you. I, do you hear me? I oh, hear he's you. He's in and out. Dang. In and out. I'm actually in shock. We can't hear him, like, just the in the fuck, air. The swears always get. We through. get the swears only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the opposite of uh, no. what we're. Yeah. I'm. So- well, we appreciate Matt Sarah's contribution. Thank you, Cody. Uh, if he can reconnect, great. If he is in transit, uh, then you can listen to him on uh, on the UFC sponsored podcast. Uh, wherever yes. that is ingested, I I, I can't tell you. But, uh, Ray, it's but, great uh, to see you. Yeah, this is, yeah, but the, yeah. the other thing is like, man, I just hope that never happens, and I don't even want to deal with it. But my answer would be no right now. I, and I'm not trying to have that no, conversation. No, no, and and, and I think they're my informed speculation is that they are closer than Sergio and Raytheon Stotts are, you know, but I do think right. that it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. You know, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for Marab to, to, to get, to get fights, man. I'm turning yeah, yeah. that dude I, down. I'm telling and you. I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, I'm, I'm, it, it's not even fighting. I think it's worse when you start talking about fighting before it even is there. I, I don't even think, Raphael should even say anything right now. Just right. be happy That's for right. Right. be happy for Sergio. I mean, you're not you're not really near there yet. I don't think, or he's right. on his way. But you put that out there now. I think that's got to be right. like it's a weird situation, gym, right? That that already creates it. I'd rather go the opposite route. It'll never happen, and I think it it, it really would. I think you see the way Marab is too. They asked him if he wanted to fight Frankie. He goes, you know, Frankie should be fighting other legends, man. Yeah. I really yeah. don't want that fight. He he respects Frankie, and he it just. He's he's a different cat, man. He's yeah. a different cat. Uh, if that changes within the next two years, it'll be interesting. But I don't see it changing. I think yeah. he's grateful for whatever he's got. He's got an immigrant mentality. Uh, everybody loves the guy. He's happy doing what he's doing, and he'll just keep doing it. And if it came to another situation, it, he's jumping in there. But I don't think with Aljo, he's yeah, going to no. Yeah. Uh I just I'm so happy for Sergio Pettis. I always say like the the best part of my job is seeing somebody break through and become an undisputed UFC champion for the first time. And even seeing somebody like Dustin Poirier get to take an interim belt home and no one's ever going to take that away from him. By the way, it doesn't have interim fucking engraved on it. I can assure you of that, you know, seeing a guy break through like Sergio Pettis. Not that he's trying to escape the shadow of his brother because it's a very similar situation situation to Nick and Nate Diaz. Right. Is like they constantly 
you know, right. push up and put their older brother on a pedestal. But I just, I think it's really cool. Sergio, I didn't see a minute of it, but I think it's really cool. Oh, I, I saw it, man. I thought he did a fantastic job. And, uh, man, he picked that guy apart. I, I've never seen him look better. He looks like he's, how old is he now? He looks like he's really coming into his own. I thought he, it was a great fight. Literally, was, and, and was happy as hell for the guy because, you know, he's been, you know, like with the UFC and then he went over there. But he, but he was, I thought he performed unbelievable against a really talented tough archuleta yeah. man that, yeah. that's what makes the fight even better he, he, he was a gritty gritty guy and he really just stayed in the pocket and he 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 was punching in between punches and he looked great man i thought he looked fantastic so i have a couple performances from the ufc card that i want to get to with you i know you have about nine minutes until uh until no, i'm you... good okay I'm good oh go. yeah you're one o'clock canceled that's right, yeah, yeah, right. all good. right so you let us know uh, oh, hey, here we go. Green screen? Look I at this you guy. What, you know what it is? You, you can't get rid of him. I tell you, <laughs> you cannot get rid of him. <laughs> Listen, motherfucker. I'm doing this for Anakin Florian. You understand? That's right. Listen, we would just compliment you. If you didn't hear it, don't start. <laughs> don't worry about the green screen. Yeah. Hey, Maddie, I have far less serious questions. When was the last time you had non gluten free pizza? Are you still doing gluten free exclusively? You know what I did? Is it bothering you? I just not at all. It's fine. It's I like fine. it. Good. This is the fucking magic happens. I love I'm it. Fucking... Holy <laughs> shit, this guy Kenny, come oh, on, I mean, man. We have a good time. <laughs> Could you just let your fucking hair down? By the way, what did you do with that fucking mop? I I, I gave yeah, it. I told you. Know, you. I, heard, I offered it to you. We took it. I heard the fucking. I heard the kids. The kids didn't even want that thing. Were, <laughs> this, thing, this thing smells like furry shit. Wash your fucking hair. Wash your fucking. Oh my god. Wash your fucking ass. Wash your ass and clip your fucking toenails. You like tell you about keeping your pie hole clean. My kids are on Zoom. You're gonna get me yelled at. You're this just... is a knife. Here I go. Look. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! I'd rather do that. You know what? I can't be sorry for real. You know why? Why? It's nothing to do with my Wi-Fi because I had fucking driving the traffic listening to you. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> hey, no, I'm curious. When was the last time you had non-gluten-free pizza? Are you still eating exclusively gluten-free pizza right now in your life? Dude, don't make me be that guy. Hold on. Oh, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> you see the abs? Yeah, there's yes. eight of them. You have I'm, a fucking eight-pack. I put my, my stomach forward, too. Wait, hold on. Longo, is this a challenge? Is this a fucking anyway? anyway oh, I'm not a... You know what I'm a... I don't challenge Kenny or fucking John who runs fucking 20 miles a day to pick their shirts up. Anyway. What was the fucking question again? I'm curious. Uh, all right, so no, no, no. I... pizza, I... please. Listen, I've been gluten-free, but the other night, which was a great fucking night at Sarah BJJ. Even this guy who's the most anti-social motherfucker ever. <laughs> I don't, any dude, like for Vance, he don't. But I gotta tell you, Kenny, I'm, Kenny, I'm, the I'm, last, I'm, the last time I clapped that much, I was at an Amway meeting in the 1980s <laughs> selling Tupperware. I mean, it's it's a pep rally. What the hell was I even looking at? First of all, it was a Dean. First of all, first of all, let's explain to the kids Longo what Amway. Yeah. But anyway, they can Google it. But second of all, <laughs> Dean Lister, OG of the leg locks. Yeah, what a nice guy. It was good to see him again. You know what I mean? So he was in town. I had him do a, a, a seminar at my place. But what a positive. The problem is such positive energy all over the place. 
gloom and doom. He can only take so much. <laughs> uh, but Marab got his purple belted. Kenny, I felt like I got stuck in the conga line. I couldn't get off. I was like, are you kidding me? Can you just promote Marab so I can get the fuck out of here? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, man. I saw that. That was great. I gave out like five black belts. And these guys, dude, what's the best to get his black belt? Oh, yeah, man, beautiful. Yeah, yeah another nice. great guy. 100%. Abe, DeFranco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a good group of guys. Uh, all of those guys are great. Everybody now. So, Matty, how about, uh, and, and Ken Flo, obviously, uh, but how about Dean Thomas getting this uh, getting this TV work? I mean, can we all just uh, acknowledge our collective happiness for Dean Thomas? I mean, yeah. do you know how nice it is for me mid-round to be able to throw to my guy, Dean Thomas? He's 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 killing it, man. What a great he's guy. Did, you know, I, used, I was doing the podcast with him. Really, really well-spoken, informative guy, man. It was great to see him get that. I think he, he deserves it. Matty, that's your boy. He's got a great, great sense of humor, Dean Thomas. You know what I mean? It's so funny. Like, Dean, like, we got a, we really ended up getting close on the, uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. You know what I mean? So, it's so funny how things work out. Like, we really got along. Like, I mean, they gave us the shit. And... and Kenny, I don't know, I'm sure it was similar. They they kind of fuck with you on there. So they gave us, I, you know, back then when I had hair, I used to like to get a nice, a nice fade every week. I mean, you feel good when you get a fade, you know, otherwise you feel a little off and to look good is to feel good, as we know. Of course, of course. They would send in like this lady, this this, this girl who was, you know, she was talking like, ah. but <laughs> she shit. So I'm like, no, I can't do this, work on this melon. So Dean Thomas, like, man, I was a barber. I got you. So he was just giving me the fade. And he would do it, like, even on the fifth day, if I felt a little stubbly. He's like, man, some take care of me. We bonded longer. longer. <laughs> My wheels are spinning right now because I give myself a skin fade, as Ken Flo knows, every four days. I give myself a skin fade the day of the broadcast. And now I'm thinking, Dean Thomas, Dean give me a it? fucking skin fade yeah. on show day. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll fatten his wallet if he wants to tighten me up. I'll tell you right now, he does it, he does it really good. That's amazing. You know what I mean? That's amazing. But that trip is jail for me. I like this every day, every <laughs> morning. Oh. It's, like, it's, like, it's like medication. You know what I mean? Do you do it every day? Do you do it every day? And, well, I'm on my stupid day. And then yeah. I, the following day yeah. I do it, I don't, you don't let it grow out. But unlike Longo, at least you wash your scalp when you do it, right? <laughs> Listen, it's different. <laughs> uh, Kenny, I mean, John, take your hat off. So on this side, it'll be the Fordham Baldies against the Wanderers. With <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Baldies, look at these guys. You fucking greasy. Against the Wanderers. <laughs> you guys do look so fucking greasy on like, that side on, of the screen. Man. My God. I mean, I don't even oh. know. This is crazy. Don't hate. Look at this. I mean, I could cook. Never mind. Yeah. So, well, uh, Tony, can you maneuver the uh, the cameras so oh, they look like a complete ass when they put their heads together? Is that possible? <laughs> there you go. Look at this. Oh, oh, no, thanks, oh, I love it. Yeah, oh, heads together, ass cheeks, right in the middle of the broadcast. Love it, Kenny. So, oh, uh, so all right. Uh, one thing I had for you guys, right? And Maddie, so first fight of the night for the UFC last weekend. Maybe you guys will get to uh, this on your show today. But you got this guy, Carlson Harris, right, from this tiny South American nation of Guyana. 
And he's one of 10 children, you know, and he tells us some days we would have one meal a day, sometimes zero meals a day, wow. depending on the day, right? Dude goes out in the UFC debut, 34, 33 years old, whatever he is, and submits a guy with an anaconda, right? And wins a $50,000 bonus, man. It's like, this is what this is all about, man. You know, so we just say that this, you know, we, I, don't, I just want to mention that we found him looking for a fight. Does that deserve it? <laughs> That's right. Now, of course. Uh, in... <laughs> Where was he? The Kitanda? This one, Dana, Dana, to his credit, Dana, we weren't looking at for that guy or at that guy. I right. mean, we were looking at everybody, but we weren't there specifically. There were some names specifically that Dana's like, yo, this one, right. that one. Right. And then we're like, yo, where'd this guy come from? And Dana was a little concerned about the age, to be honest. But the story was too good. Backstage, what a sweetheart. What a, you can tell, like, when it's really, like, the guys are just, it's life-changing. Like, you can see in their eyes, and it's like, that guy yes. started telling us the story back then. And I'm like, wow. And then, and then for this debut, on top of that, you know, that's really great. That's really fantastic for him. You know, life-changing. That's so funny that you uh, that you were there. I totally forgot about that, but it was absolutely, yeah, it was in United Arab Emirates, and he cut 17 kilos in 24 hours because obviously Dang. you guys were going to be in the building. But, uh, yeah, Dana White looking for a fight. I love you burying the Contender Series, putting over your show. Fucking savage. <laughs> are you going to be in Texas? Houston, Texas? Yes. Oh, my, buddy. I'm going to be Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. We'll put something in the air if you know what I mean. But uh, so, uh, so what do you guys got coming uh, coming up on the program today? UFC Unfiltered Video Podcast. We're starting half an hour. Don't, don't do you even me. know what's on the show? Do you even fucking know who's going to be on the goddamn show? Don't hit me with these hard questions. I well, the pizza one I had asked three times. That was the easiest oh, question. Oh, I didn't even answer that. But listen, no, no. I <laughs> yeah, you didn't even answer it yet. We celebrated with some real pizza. Good. At the enlisted seminar. Okay. Wow. Good. Very impressive. Yeah, my guys, you know, it's not every day these guys become a fucking Jedi. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right. So, uh, well, hey, man, we sincerely appreciate the extended time. I know your day starts early. You got your nap in, but it's great to see your face, man. I don't really have anything else, you know? Um, <laughs> He's all smiles. Listen, this is the guy that, that just sticks around. He lingers. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next topic? All right, listen. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have to be a little more forthcoming than, you know, <laughs> you got your napping. <laughs> oh, man. A little bit per plus. Listen, you know, I cut my toenail. I cut my fucking toenail. I did. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. Very toenail. good. It, listen, so I was I going to say, all right, listen, let me just plug a couple of things. Yeah, Rondo, please. The <laughs> show, motherfucker. Yes, plug everything you want, man. The name's on the all building, right, Sarah BJJ. The unfiltered, myself and Jimmy. What a bunch of, sometimes Wongo Gessos. That's right. Yeah, you know, in the immediate future, but we'll have him back. We'll and he gets <laughs> Kenny, congrats on everything with the fucking, from your new announcing gig. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Fucking go bots or whatever the fuck you do with that. <laughs> Congrats. You know, hey, hey thanks, Maddie. You and week. UFC unfiltered looking for a fight. I'm My man. I You're the man. It would be so cool if I knew his button to press. <laughs> Cody knows what button hey, to press. Cody, Cody. See, Matt's, Matt's like the me version of his show. Like, John does all the work. I just show up. 
Yeah, y'all, yeah, no, no. He's got notes on that show, too. He didn't look yeah. at him yet. That's why he couldn't yeah. answer. Hey, so, Cody. Uh, great job, Cody. You're about a fucking <laughs> half hour too late. Good, job. Good, college, good college try on that. <laughs> that was actually That's the best. Said. That was the best line of that entire uh, uh, segment right there. So, uh, Ray. <clears throat> yes. You know, Ken Flo keeps things close to the vest, right? Oh, you know, it's just not broadcasting everything to everyone, as, as some of us uh, are inclined to do. It's oh, much, man, right? here we you know? go. So, but he did acknowledge on social media over the weekend as he is uh, soliciting baby boy names. You and I have combined, Ray, to produce four daughters and one son. Ken Flo and his wife are going to welcome a baby boy into the world wow. inside of the next 11 days. Congratulations. How about that? Congratulations. Really? That's great. Yes. Congratulations. So, What's and the we're name? One of the names. Yeah. I can release Tell the him. name right now if Tell you like. Him. I'm saying he's going with his father's name, Augustine. Pitbull Dragon <laughs> Ronan Florian. It just flo- it just rolls off the tongue. It's perfect. I think Ronan is pretty good. I maybe yes. Raymond. What about Raymond? Do you like the name Raymond? I like Raymond. Raymond Wait, is man, timeless. His name is Augustine. Augustine. Yeah, I tell you, my father's name was August, too. Really? Yeah, God. 100%. Isn't that crazy? Get out of here. I got to talk to you off air because this is really weird that you're telling me this. But anyway. Why is that? Why, I can't, cool. why can't you guys talk I'll, about it I'll here? I'll say off the air. That's interesting. Oh, wow. See what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> Close yeah. to the fucking vest. I mean, he right? went by his uh, middle name most of the time because I think August probably wasn't, uh, maybe it was... I think well, I thought it was maybe too Italian back then. I don't know. Right. But uh, August Augusto. Nichols. I like Augusto, it. Yeah. And and Ken Flo, your dad does go by Gus to some. Is that he true? goes by Gus? Yeah. 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 I gotta say that's what I used to call my old man Gus. Yeah, I love it. Funny, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's so weird. I mean, that's the first thing. Every time I saw your father's name on Twitter, I was like, "Wow, it's yeah. crazy." Because you don't, <laughs> you know, that's not a common name. Right. No, it isn't. Right. Right. It isn't. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, we're gonna have this conversation when we're done the show. Yes. So because I'm very curious. Uh, yeah. But the only thing I have for you left, Ray, and then you can plug whatever you want on the right. on the way out, like your friend Matt did. So yeah, I'm gonna, I got a little dignity. <laughs> I got a little dignity. Sorry. So, <laughs> so uh, oh my uh, Gregor Gillespie, uh, former Ring of Combat champion. Yeah, and uh, just have a lot of respect for the valiance and the performance over the weekend. I just was curious if you had anything for us on that. Man, what I tell you after that first round, uh, and and when he went back to the the corner and the camera kind of got on it, they almost made you believe it could be a doctor stoppage almost uh, from exhaustion, like right. something like that. Yeah. But the way he came back and I, I I thought that was the gutsiest performance I've seen in a while because the first round was rough. I think he's normally used to getting what he wanted, but I think what he said was interesting. Like if he's tired, then the other guy's got to be really oh, yeah. tired. And uh, I think it's kind of like a Marab mentality where they're not yeah. stopping. You know yes, what I mean? So 100%. man, that's all for him. I thought it was uh yeah, rough first round. Wasn't looking good. Yeah. And uh, man, it just came down to conditioning, man. And he just, he's got that Khabib mentality. They just don't stop. They're going to get what they want, you know, mm-hmm. and they got a good top game. You know, you, Marab is a little different because he wants to put, he told me he's not even, he don't care about holding anybody down. He just wants to almost hit him a couple of, let him up and put him down again. He, he could do that all day long. Yeah. And, it's not, and 
he's not going to panic either. You know what I mean? His, he's definitely, I'm glad he got to show his striking a little bit. That's all we're concentrating on now with him. And, uh, but I don't want to take it away from Greg. I mean, I just thought it was a crazy performance, especially after the first round. A little adversity, but man, that guy came back and he wasn't going to be denied that takedown. And he got the finish against a, a really tough guy on the floor, which so. That's no, a, you put it well. He is absolutely crazy. of that ilk. Guys like Habib and Marab. Yeah, no, I get the inclination. He's going to go. Yeah, he's you know going, man. You know what happened this weekend? I know it happened. I don't even have to look it up. What happened? Greg did extra rounds. No, I didn't do extra rounds this weekend. <laughs> I swear to God, that's true. Because actually, all right. So I cheated a little bit there because your name was in the promo. We didn't read it, but uh, I think really? your name was in the promo. Yeah, I thought it was going to be you and Pearl Gonzalez. But uh, I mean, I digress. You're just very sharp with your analysis. And sometimes when your analytics are so good, yeah, I mean, I already, you've I already done a post fight show and you're cheating off the old notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I went through it already. Yeah, that's a, that's, <laughs> I, I, I like your, uh, your acumen on this. Very good. So uh, I won't see you in Houston. What do you got going on the rest of the week, month? Uh, that's it. We got uh next one is Aviv Gonzalez fighting at Bellator in um, May 21st. So it's right. two All weeks. Right, so I'll be heading to Mohegan Sun. And uh, I had another guy on the 28th, but he just broke his hand. Nas oh, uh, Nazim, which was, uh, you know, he was looking great. He was. You know, yeah. just an unfortunate thing, but uh, he'll get better and be back. He'll be one of the guys looking, you know, to look forward to in the future. Yeah. That's coming out of this place. So um, all good stuff. Longo will pronounce a Viviani Ataujo on you, but just don't ask him to pronounce his own athlete's names on live radio because oh, yeah, he no, can't no. do that. Um, hey, before we all get on out of here, 300 episodes, Ray. Yeah, I remember coming up to Longo in January or February of 2015. Or you can look it up. I think it was at a Weidman fight or a Nettie Gordon fight or whatever it was. But uh said, hey, Kemflo and I are thinking about launching a podcast and we want to have a coach's segment. And we want you to be a part of this every Monday indefinitely. And I think Ray at times was actually more receptive to it than Kenflo at first. Not that Kenny was like giving me a bunch of flack, but you know, Kenflo's <laughs> like, you want my every Monday and like, you're not going to pay me a dime. What are we doing here, John? You know? Um, so, but no, so you were obviously our first choice and you signed on the dotted line. And uh, I know UFC unfiltered pays you a lot more, but I just want to thank you and acknowledge you. And the audience uh, obviously has a love affair with you. And, uh, you know, we feel like this show in a lot of respects is, is the little engine that could right. Uh, meat and potatoes podcast uh and uh you're a huge part of it so i just want to thank you we, we've arrived at 300 and uh not slowing down as they say so hey man and i gotta say thank you for even uh entertaining the thought of bringing me on but man i enjoy <clears throat> every second of this stuff talking to you guys it's just fun and i think you also said it'll be a minute and, we <laughs> and i think you said we won't talk fighting i think that's what you had said it to like there's something like I'm not going to pick your brain about like the fights or coaching or I don't was, is that correct? Well, it definitely, the inspiration was that it was going to be shorter because again, right. I was looking at a 45 or 60 minute podcast with the mentality of leaving the audience wanting more as opposed to being, you know, uh, th three hour full diaper, if you will. Right. right. Um, but yes, it was going to be shorter. And, uh, I thought that you, yeah, I mean, I thought that maybe, uh, it would take on a more rapid fire question tone and obviously it would be comedic. It wasn't going to totally right. ignore fighting, but I think obviously it evolved into maybe being more technical 
at times okay. and other Ray Longo minutes like today's just go completely off. The I, just, I weaseled my way into the show. That's really what happened. <laughs> no way. No, I mean, <laughs> not at all. Awesome. But, uh, and I will say too, and I've said this to Kenny and certainly Kenny will experience this when, uh, when the PFL has fans back, but when I'm on the road, you know, people are talking to me about the podcast. Like when fans come up to me, they're asking me about the podcast and, uh, and the two of you clowns. So, uh, Hey, here's to 300 more. Thanks to our yeah, guests, Safe Saoud, Matt Serra, Joe Osborne, Ian Parker, and of course, the great Ray Longo, our executive producer, is Cody Merrow. With that, for Longo, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anixan. So long for now. Flo, best of luck. Perhaps there will be a new edition by this time next Thank week. You. Hey, maybe he'll share the birthday with you on May 26th. And uh, hey, yes. Patty Militich, me and you, buddy, three rounds, two minutes, Way 2023, up. loser. Wears a mask for a month. Wow, no, Ray, there's no Kenny, more. Kenny, I'm, I'm in the running. May twentieth is my birthday. I'm saying nice. I'm, pulling, I'm pulling for yes. May twentieth. Wow, right. so you're the twenty sixth. Yeah, Cody's a May baby. We got a bunch of May babies. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. Happy birthday to our producer Cody Merrow, who will be with us at UFC two sixty two May fifteenth, celebrating birthday number twenty eight. What a piece! Of wow, twenty eight. Yeah, 28. born in like the mid nineteen. Oh, born in like the mid nineteen nineties. Another weak millennial. <laughs> on that note yo lit take it easy guys love you guys happy birthday Cody I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.